0: Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros College Football Week 9 Look Ahead. And who am I? Yes, it's Chris Welsh. You've heard me maybe over on Fantasy Pros. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to be filling in through, uh, hopefully, the rest of the uh, college season here to hang with my buddy Thor Nystrom as we are going to be doing the Look Ahead show. You can find me on Twitter, at Welsh if you would like. But all you're going to get is my manic college football bets, which I'm usually tailing the likes of my buddy Scott Bogman of Thor. I'm going to be tailing these guys. Wake Force, thank you very much this weekend. And uh, Thor, we're coming off of a week eight that didn't have a ton of crazy movement, I don't believe, off of the top 25. We had a few, nothing in the top end, a few big changes here before we look to week nine. Any big major takeaway you're going to be stepping into uh, week nine with?
1: Uh, from from this past weekend? Yeah, yeah, I mean, just, just another great weekend in college football. Yeah, I'm, you know, we, we didn't have the, the the matchups that we had the week before, but we still got a whole bunch of interesting games. Um, I thought it was interesting. Oklahoma State, with a compromised Spencer Sanders, was able to come back on Texas, had a dominant uh, second half. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about TCU and, and Kansas State a little bit. I, I thought it was interesting, too, that the TCU basically did the same thing after Kansas State started to have a rash of injuries during that game. Um, But yeah, lots of interesting games this past weekend.
0: Yeah, and we're going to be doing the look ahead here as Thor is going to give you all the information that he has got early on, and obviously you can follow him all week long as you're going through and you're uh, making all of your picks. We are going to do the very very early look through, but make sure to follow him at 4ku on Twitter so you don't miss anything. So let's just jump right into it. Thursday we've actually got two ranked teams playing. First up, you got Vitek who's two and five up against NC State who moved to two and uh, moved to twenty fourth on the uh, AP Top twenty five. They're five. And two talk to us about uh, a and NC state on Thursday.
1: Well, the, I mean, the big thing for the, on the NC state side, remember again, Devin Leary, their starting quarterback is out for the season. So we're, we're going to get Jack chambers again, who is not nearly as good. It's an enormous downgrade for them after the bye week they, they've gotten a chance to get a little bit healthier. Um, they had other guys on their depth chart that were beaten up. You'd expect them to be a little bit fresher for this game, but again, Leary is going to be out. So you have to downgrade NC state quite significantly, Virginia Tech was a team we downgraded significantly in middle of September. Um, can Virginia Tech score enough points to to be viable in this game? With with the line opening up around 14 and a half, I I would lean Virginia Tech early in the week. Again, with Jack Chambers starting at quarterback for North Carolina State, feels a little bit much. My adjusted line on that game is uh NC State minus 13.3. So showing a little bit of value on, on Virginia Tech.
0: Yeah, and I saw even uh, over on a couple different spots, they may have been taking your route where I've even seen some adjusted lines down to like 13. Uh, ESP, if you just peruse ESPN, they've got a little marker there that's now showing uh, NC State by 13. So oh, yeah. yeah, no sorry. surprise that the I'll money's see coming see. in early on Virginia Tech yeah, at all, Word open. yeah. And that's a really, really early movement, especially because, I mean, for everybody to know, like there's like a six-hour window between like when this information was posted on here and when we're even talking about it. So that might really tell you where this game is headed and might be one on the docket. Uh, we've also got the now number 14 Utah, who's five and two up against Washington State, uh, Pac-12 matchup, four and three. What do we think on this one?
1: Yeah. Another game where, where the teams are coming off of buys, So that, that sort of uh, nullifies it. Uh, Utah had had the, the big win against USC, you know, pr- prior to that, I, I, I'd be like right now with where that one was, it opened up at seven and a half that I had seen my line on that game is Utah minus nine. I would expect the line to be closer to, to double digits by the time game time rolls around. I, I think that's probably uh, justified in that one. Um, we for the, the key for the Washington State side is, can Cam Ward keep down the turnovers against the Utah defense? If he can, uh, Washington State could be viable as sort of the live home dog here. Um, but Utah's secondary is very good, and Cam Ward is showing a propensity, This going back to his FCS days as well, to put the ball up for grabs a little bit. Um, if he does that, Utah's going to flip the field on Wazoo, and the game could, could could start getting away from Wazoo very, very quickly out there on the Palouse. But, I, but that's a game that I'm going to be digging into this week in my handicaps.
0: So obviously you're not making any picks necessarily on this show we're just talking about the uh, early stuff and this is a look ahead but when you look at these two games um the value the value based on your adjusted line versus what the public spread is is kind of relatively the same but do you think you're going to lean more utah in the pac-12 matchup versus this acc matchup on uh, vautech and nc state
1: well if, if the line on, on vautech and nc state if that's come beneath 14 yeah. Then and and the Utah Washington State one library is seven and a half. Then yeah, maybe a little bit more towards Utah. But like you know, if that line's over fourteen, over fourteen with NC State, um, then I'm I'm definitely playing on Virginia Tech. It, it's it's too many points. Again with with Al Leary.
0: When you get into uh, when you get into bets, do you like to find yourself jumping in on the Thursday games a whole lot, even though it's a little bit early? Because I know you're going to wait a little bit later in the week where you're doing a lot of your over unders and stuff. Do you jump in on the Thursday games more often than not?
1: I, I bet I bet the Thursday games for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, and if Thursday rolls around and I don't have a play on one of them. Uh, we wet our beak a little bit with like a quarter unit or, you know, a, a money line parlay last Thursday. Uh, we, we hit it right. Cause I, I, Virginia was a, a side that I like Virginia uh, plus three against Georgia tech. And I sort of lean towards Troy uh, they were also uh, plus three against South Alabama, and so I, I and that one I, I parlayed the the money lines of the, of the two dogs, in addition to the ticket I had on Virginia, and that that worked out well. But yeah, this week we'll, we'll see if I ended up having an official play on the Thursday or Friday games. But yeah, if, if if I don't, and it rolls around like just me personally, I wet my beak on them for sure because I'm sitting in front of the TV watching them. You gotta have <laughs> some
0: investment. I was about to say, Thor's like, hey, listen, Welsh, you're new here and everything, but like, come <laughs> on, we're degenerates here. I'm the same way. Like, I can be five minutes before a game, and I'm like, do I not have something on? We need to get going. We need to absolutely get going. So regardless, you know, before we get into the Saturday games, this was something uh, our uh, mutual friend and uh, my one of my best friends, Scott Bogman, shared this with me, and I figure you're going to have a take on this, and this isn't something we're probably necessarily going to talk about, but this was uh, this came out that the Iowa Northwestern over- is currently set at 31 and a half this is via circus sports and if it holds it's going to be the lowest game total in college football history for what do you think about this bad boy i know you have it uh on the spread side you've already put it on your sheet but the lowest total in college football history is theoretically on the line with iowa
1: yeah and uh and, and it might be too high uh, that, that, that total anyway. Yeah. Might, might be too high. after have both these teams play off it, particularly Iowa. I'm, I'm an Iowa grad, so I don't miss any of their snaps. And this year I I wish I had, um, but I mean, it's, it's a justifiable total where they set it, you know, the, the way that these teams play. And there was a, I, I saw on Twitter, what, what was the the closest to that of a game between two non-option teams. And there was one where it was like 33 and a half, uh, Corey Cavender, I, I got to give a shout out to him because he was the guy that replied with that. But this was going back uh, late 90s or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, this is it's a historically low total. It, it was one when I was looking over the circa openers. It, it it dropped my jaw. And not because, again, not because it wasn't justified. I was expecting a low total. But you see 31 and a half on the on page like that as a total. Um, it was, you know, it was pretty surprising because, you know, when the circle one, when they tweeted out every Sunday, you know, I'm going through line by line and uh, you don't, you don't see totals that low. Um, So it's that that one's very interesting. It's going to be interesting this week to see where the money comes. And I hope the sharps love the under because I want that total in the twenties by the time that game kicks off. I don't know if we're going to, we're going to get there, but that would be, Epic, and it's going to be probably historical either way because I think that it would have to toggle up a couple points to even get above that other game that I was talking about years ago, where it was, you know, whatever 33 and a half, 34. Very low total.
0: Also, uh, on on your adjusted line, there's actually some value in there because you've got this over a two score touchdown in favor of Iowa, and it looks like it opened up around Iowa around 10. So, if let's this scenario, let's say it gets to like 29. Are you more likely to play the over on a 29? Are you going to continue with taking the value on the spread for Iowa?
1: Well, I I, I do show value on Iowa, and I do think there is some value on Iowa. Um, I mean, circumstantially, the, the games that we're coming off of, which which sometimes informs a lot of this, the, the perception of it, um, Iowa last week, obviously, they had just about the worst matchup that they can have for them with Ohio State and they got blasted in that game and then uh n- with with Northwestern they got they benefited from circumstances this past weekend playing Maryland after uh Talia Tagovailoa was ruled out Maryland's backup quarterback's not very good it's a similar thing with NC State where you go from the stud quarterback to just some noodle arm scrambler that they brought in for depth purposes but that kid shouldn't be on the field and and so Northwestern they had a shot to beat Uh, Maryland in that game they were actually leading at halftime uh, 17 to 10 they lose by a touchdown but again it's not as impressive as otherwise would have been keeping it within seven against Maryland on the road but perceptually I I don't know that a lot of the you know the the entire betting market is going to recognize Tago Bailoa wasn't playing in that game you were playing against a depreciated Maryland team that was unable to leverage what their greatest strength is which is their receiving core because the backup quarterback can't throw the ball um, which, which, you know, dragged Maryland down to, to Northwestern's level, as opposed to Northwestern playing up. I, I I like Iowa in this thing. They're a lot better than this Northwestern team. This Northwestern team stinks. They're one and six. They haven't won since the opener against Nebraska. And again, circumstances helped them in that one. Similarly to how how they helped them in the the game against um, Penn State three four weeks ago, whatever that game was in a monsoon. But when you just look at the box score that Northwestern only lost by 10 in that. So, I mean, Northwestern is this terrible record, but again, some of these games have been closer, but when you know the context, they shouldn't have been.
0: Well, my favorite tweets uh, about this game have been, you know, 31 and a half is the over under and everyone goes Iowa 31 Northwestern zero. So that's (laughs) my favorite tweets about it. which We should all be looking for. Uh, Hey friends. Do you want to track all of your wagers in one place? Well, you've got to check out Betting Pros Pick Tracker at bettingpros.com slash pick dash tracking. It syncs up with your sports book to tally with pick with your pick hits and which misses and gives you a live look at what the public is doing so you can use real-time tracking to determine which plays to make and which to fade. Get on the leaderboard and quickly become a sharp by using the free advice we offer over at bettingpros.com slash pick dash tracking do it today. Let's go over to the Saturday games Thor looking over uh, probably the biggest one number two Ohio State 7 and 0 versus the now number 13 Penn State 6 and 1 This is going to be a powerhouse matchup talk to me about this game
1: yeah I I think where where that line opened up it feels to me a little bit inflated towards the Ohio State side with the opening up at 14 and a half for Ohio State especially with that game being in Happy Valley my adjusted line on it is Ohio State minus 12.9 you do have to mention, Ohio State did get back. Uh, they got j- back Jackson Smith and Jigba in the last game, although he didn't do much, um, and he played very limited reps. Um, he hadn't done much all season. We'll see if he's anywhere closer to a, a 100%, but Ohio State has not needed him to have the number one EPA passing offense so far or you know, in the parts of the three games where he's played. They also got back Mayan Williams in that game. Uh, the good news on the Penn State side: Sean Clifford was able to play against Minnesota at least the first three quarters, and then they they put all air in for for the fourth quarter. But Clifford's going to be fine uh, for this game. Um, the, Penn State's without or was was without their starting left guard in that Minnesota game. We'll have to check on his status because their backup centers hurt too. So Penn State was a little bit weak in interior offensive line depth uh, during the Minnesota game, but obviously. Penn state just blasted Minnesota in that game. I think the market maybe is a little bit pessimistic on Penn state after they watched what happened the week before where Michigan just played big brother with them and put, put their hand on their head and Penn state was swinging and, and, and couldn't hit Michigan. But we seen going back several years, Penn state's been a little bit of a thorn in the side of Ohio state, Ohio state. Now, again, heading into happy Valley. I, I think if that line's above 14, I would probably lead towards the Penn state side.
0: I, is this one to be one of those games you think that is going to be just heavy, heavy bedded because both teams, this is the big powerhouse game? Or do you think that line, kind of like you're speaking to, is going to hover right around that space that might take people out of it?
1: Well, you know, it, that part's always interesting. I mean, Ohio State certainly is a public team. Will Penn State, or I mean, yeah, will Penn State, will that side take the sharp action? We'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with with where the line is now, it's going to need to take heavy money on the Penn State side to drop an E14. But we'll just we'll just see how it goes. But with it over 14, especially if it gets any like if, if it was to climb the other way um, towards 17, uh, Penn State would be the side for me.
0: Okay, uh, another big dog one with two ranked teams. We've got seven and O Tennessee number three ranked in the nation up against uh, Kentucky, who's number nineteen. They're five and two. And it looks like, according to your adjusted spread line, there is some value on this game coming into the weekend.
1: yeah, my my adjusted line on that game is Tennessee minus nine point eight. it It opens up at Tennessee minus thirteen and a half. That's obviously the the you know both the books. I suppose the the books anticipating how the, the market's love for Tennessee. Essentially, um, I feel like Kentucky is a little bit undervalued. Some of their down performances and uh, a lot like for instance the the South Carolina game. Will Levis wasn't playing and now leave us back to 100%. He had a turf toe injury, which typically is, is a two-week injury. He was able to come back on in, in the second of those weeks, and Kentucky won that game. And again, now he's back at 100%. I feel like that th- this thing is inflated towards the Tennessee side. For me, that line should be right around Tennessee minus 10. Um, so for me, early week, I'm, I'm
0: leaning towards Kentucky with where that line is. Do you foresee that this game could move in that other direction? Do you think you could see it get beyond, or thir- it could get past two touchdowns, or you think it's going to move in closer to your line?
1: Well, I I would assume Tennessee would take the money here. Yeah, Um, you know, I I don't know if it's, you know, does it get to 14? Does it get over 14? That I'm not sure of. We'll we'll just have to see what, you know, I mean, how much money the Bucs are taking on the Tennessee side. But you would have to imagine that they're going to be at least be the public side in this game. Tennessee, not only are they undefeated, not only are they a prime uh, playoff contender at this point, but they have. Week in and week out, been cashing for betters. I mean, even friggin' last week, you know, like I, I was in on Tennessee against Alabama. You know, I, I was fortunate on that and, and some other folks as well. This past week, Tennessee goes and they host Tennessee Martin in what was the classic letdown spot of all time. Tennessee covered that game, too. And, yep. and, and you know, and I realize it's an FCS team. But a lot of times, you know, the, the next week, you're not going to get the same kind of effort. But Tennessee's been doing this over and over and over again. They have won the trust at the betting market and what, you know, once that stuff starts to happen, you have to start to pay the tax. The, the, the books are going to start to imbue the lines with that. And that's what we're seeing with the Tennessee side. But on the other side with Kentucky, not only do I think they're undervalued, the metrics that they put up this season are also a bit depressed because you had the game where Levis was out. You had some of the, the sample beyond that. Levis was compromised during it. And by the way, that's not all, folks. Chris Rodriguez, recall – Kentucky's star running back was suspended for the first four games of the season. And Kentucky had some problems running the ball early on in the season. The the guy that they thought was going to take over for Rodriguez in September, like when he got suspended, was this kid named Ramon Jefferson that they brought in. He tears his ACL. So Kentucky was, you know, for the first month of the season, they were playing with their third string running back. Then after that, Levis gets hurt. They're, they're, again, their ancillary stats that that, that are um making up a lot of these, you know, both my numbers, also, you know, the the baseline for the books and the other power ratings out there for everybody else that, that does this. Kentuckys are just a little bit lower than they probably should if they had been full strength the entire season. I think they're the undervalued side. They're also a team that doesn't get blasted a lot, you know, it, when circumstances are not going against them. I I think they could probably get. To, I, I'm I'm not certainly going to call them to upset or whatever, but but I think that they can do some things here. that can give at least slow Tennessee down and maybe give Tennessee uh, um, a, a little bit of problems as well. And 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 we'll find out how that goes. But specifically Tennessee's pass defense, if, if Levis is on in this game, Levis is going to be able to feast on that thing. Um, and and Levis is probably looking at this as one of those NFL showcase opportunities against this undefeated team that, again, is is a frontrunner potentially to make the playoff right now. This is a big game for his evaluation, and he's not going against a great uh, Tennessee pass defense. So I, I do think Kentucky's going to be able to do more through the air than people probably anticipate. I will be looking at Will Levis over props in the market this week as well.
0: That's a great bet. Also, coming back to where you're talking about the letdown spot with Tennessee, I believe that number this week was 39, 39 and a half, and they covered, which is going to have more public money and more confidence on the Tennessee side, which may move this line to your point, which may end up having Kentucky becoming even more of a value in this game. Uh, another big matchup, number one in the nation, Georgia 7-0 and going up against Florida. They're 4-3. and There's a little bit of value on this line. What do you think about the number one team in the nation up against Florida, which, man, higher expectations for Florida uh, overall this year, especially with Richardson. But uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, my, my adjusted line on it is Georgia minus 20.7. So it's, it's around where the, the thing opened. My concern for the, the Florida side in in this one is Florida's run defense is an abomination. Anybody can run on Florida, and that's what Georgia does. They're, they're going to be blasting Florida's front off the line the entire game. Um, the, the running back, the first time he's going to be touched is four yards downfield if they can touch him, then on, on, on any given play, Georgia's going to stampede them on the ground. This is going to have to be one of those games. If Florida is to cover or put any sort of scare whatsoever into Georgia, we're going to need Anthony Richardson to put back on the Superman cape, like he had on against Utah in the opener and where we've only seen it in, spur- in spurts, flashes a series here a play there since then but he needs to we need Utah uh, Anthony Richardson to show up in this game or Florida's going to get blown off the field in Jacksonville
0: and I think we could use a little bit more of that big, Anthony Richard. I just want to see him in that opening day performance. That has stuck in my brain, and it hasn't left every time I look at them in a market to bet or anything like that. I think about that opening day with him, and we need that big, big play from him. Uh, one more on the big one. Um, you mentioned TCU. TCU, it's a Big 12 matchup, 7-0 and on the year, number 7 in the nation going up against West Virginia. They're going to West Virginia, who's 3-4. and It's a Big 12 matchup. TCU's 4-0 and in the Big 12, 1-3 and for West Virginia. Yeah, you said you wanted to, uh, you definitely wanted to hit on this. So, what do you think on TCU here?
1: I, I I would lean TCU, um, I would lean them even if my system wasn't showing that there's value on them, but but it is. Uh, my line in this game is it's TCU minus 9.4. It opened curiously low at, at TCU minus seven and a half. A part of that is West Virginia, of course, has a, a pretty good home field advantage and they play better when they're at home. But I hate this West Virginia team. I've been fading them all season, mostly successfully. Um, And particularly, you know, I was talking about a, a key strength on weakness in the last handicap. We got another enormous one here, which is West Virginia has one of the worst pass defenses in all of America. It's not just the P5. It's all the way down. Anybody can throw on West Virginia. It it, it is not hard. Uh, TCU, of course, has the explosive passing game. TCU's receiving core is one of the best in the nation. And, again, they're going up against this crappy secondary of of West Virginia's. And then the TCU running game is there as well. West Virginia is better against the run for sure. But TCU's going to have their lunch through the air. Expect a big game out of Quentin Johnston. Should be a big game for Max Dugan through the air in this one. I I definitely lean uh, TCU. West Virginia to me is getting closer and closer to the point where that team quits on Neil Brown before the season. I said, Neil Brown wasn't going to make it out of the regular season. He's got a shot now to make it out out of the regular season. He has zero shot to go six and six this year. I I think the best case scenario for West Virginia at this point is finishing five and seven and we'll see if they can even get there. But once it gets to the point where the players realize like, Oh, we're not going to a bowl game. We've seen that already this season with the coach that was on the hot seat in West Virginia. The players certainly know that Neil Brown is, we, we, you know, in, in some of these other, you know, Arizona State, Colorado, um, it, you know, Nebraska. It's some of these other ones where they, they fired the coach. The last couple of weeks in, in the lead up, the players just weren't showing up. And, and you saw some really embarrassing results because of that. West Virginia is not quite there yet, but they are moving ever so closely to getting there. Um, TCU matches up really well in this one Um, and and, and people have been anticipating a letdown spot for TCU at some point, but we haven't seen that. They've had some letdown first halves, right? Like, you know, they they had to come back in, 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 in the last game against Kansas state, they were helped a little bit. You know, I I was referring to this before where Kansas state had some injuries They, they also had to come back on, on Oklahoma state, you know, and, and with Kansas, they just held them off at the end, but you're now starting to see this battle tested team. A team that last year was so bad, they got their head coach fired, the legend Gary Patterson. And they sort of had to learn how to win. Not only have they learned how to win under Sonny Dykes, they're beating all of these diametrically opposed opponents and and multiple times, like I mentioned in recent history here, have had to overcome extreme circumstances in order to pull the win out. I trust this team going on the road to a place like this now. Um, I, I definitely like TCU in that one
0: i me mean, jacked up for TCU. Hey, friends, if you want a chance to win a signed T. Higgins Cincinnati Bengals helmet, courtesy of our friends over at Pristine Auction, all you got to do is subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Just like, go do it right now. Comment below on this video, and then that's it. So subscribe and comment. Boom, you're set. We'll be announcing a winner right here on the channel, so make sure to tune, turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and claim your prize how about some rival reaction thor michigan michigan state it doesn't quite look as pretty as maybe in previous years but michigan number four in the nation seven and oh michigan state is three and four but you and uh the books got this line pretty close yeah well you try
1: telling that to some of my michigan grad friends they think this one is about as pretty as it, as it can possibly get the one. <laughs> exactly yeah uh, boy, if, if I'm Mel Tucker um, heading into this game, I'm, I'm feeling pretty nervous. Uh, Mich- Michigan State has one of the worst defenses in the entire nation whether it's by counting stats, whether it's the efficiency, the success rate, whether it's EPA per play against the run in the past. like whatever you look at, Michigan State is is way down there at the bottom. And now Michigan, their offense, of course they run the ball so well. that you know, you know now it's Corum and Edwards, but now now you also have a more explosive element to the passing game as well. Um man, I mean I mean like my line on this one is 20 and a half, the the Vegas line opened at 21 and a half. I would certainly not be backing Michigan State in that one, it it might end up being a stay away for me just because it is a rivalry game. Maybe they keep it a little bit closer, but um, I don't like Michigan state's chances in that game.
0: Uh, How about we go to the Ole Miss, Texas A&M LSU just took a, to uh, gave Ole Miss a loss, 45-20, which moved Ole Miss down a little bit. LSU moving up in the rankings in the top 25. Ole Miss is now 15. They're 7-1 and one, coming up against Texas A&M, which is 3-4. and four. Again, this is another one of those that is a very, very close line here. So what do you think on this bad boy?
1: Yeah, to me, this line opens spot on. Uh, my adjusted line on it is Ole Miss minus 2.6 in College Station. The, the line opens at Ole Miss minus 3. Again, spot on, because I don't think percent dragging this one one way or the other because both these teams are coming off really disappointing performances. I loved LSU last week. I also loved the under and, and both of them ended up getting there. I didn't expect Mississippi to look quite as bad a- as they ended up looking um, for LSU. That wasn't even a sweat. Uh, they just blew past them there once once the gates opened after halftime and then AM. You, you just scratch your head like what's going on with them. South Carolina controlled that entire game and this is not a particularly good South Carolina team. A part of the problem for a and you have this antiquated, slow moving, predictable offense, vanilla offense, which, you know, has been sort of Jimbo's ethos going back several years. The problem with this team is you don't have any talent at quarterback, at least until Connor Wiegman, like maybe a couple of years down the road, Connor Wiegman will become something, but Max Johnson was no great shakes. And now he's out for this season. Haynes King, we know is not a, a you know, a guy that an sec contender wants to be starting and Wiegman's a true freshman. And then uh, a had a dearth of offensive playmakers they really only had the two in Achain and Anaya Smith, and Anaya Smith was knocked out for the season several weeks ago. So th- they're just so limited, and they remain predictable and vanilla and slow moving on on the offensive side of the ball. And their defense, it- it's you know, it- it's put up some decent performances, but it-, it needs to be utterly dominant to make up for that offense, and it certainly has not been. I would trust Ole Miss in this one a bit more than I I would A and M, even though it- it's flipping back to. College Station, where where a And M gets to host this thing, Ole Miss is not as bad as they ended up looking last week. That was a really really good spot for LSU. It's part of the reason why why they were one of my favorite bets of the week. I, I early on in the week, you know, again, I'll go. I'm going to go into all these games and handicap them. But right now, I would lean towards laying those the short amount of points with Ole Miss. And if you agree with me, probably one where you you might want to bet it earlier rather than later to, to make sure that you get it at three. Um, As opposed to if it potentially climbs the other way, because I don't know who wants to bet on Texas
0: A&M right now great call really great call oklahoma state who is number nine in the nation now uh they are six and one coming up against kansas state number 22 kansas state who is five and two kansas state lost to number eight tcu at that time 38 28 oklahoma state coming off of a huge win against texas which knocked texas off at of the top 25 in a 41 34 uh 30 41 34 win oklahoma state kansas state what do you think thor this
1: is a, this is a big time hell status check game we're where you're going to have to check it throughout the week for the Kansas state side. You know, it's funny last week, you know, when, when I was talking about the Oklahoma state and Texas game, it was all the health status on Spencer Sanders. Cause we knew he had the, the throwing shoulder thing. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? If he does play, what percentage is he going to be, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he did end up playing and uh, Oklahoma state was able to come back in that game in the second half and, and beat Texas this time around the health uh, questions are decidedly on the kansas state side kansas state probably would have beaten tcu and maybe you can even take the word probably out of that if they hadn't suffered this rash of injuries during that game um i mean it was one of the most injury riddled games you're going to see in the power five this year adrian martinez gets knocked out on the opening drive and that actually turned out not to matter as much as you would think because will howard their backup he comes in and played absolutely awesome. Will Howard was a kid who was, was so bally who coming out of uh, out of high school, comparison to what Kansas State usually signs, at, you know, in you know in 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 recruiting. That initially, Kansas State fans wanted him playing over Skylar Thompson. Um, and then Will Will Howard had, had struggled a little bit. We hadn't seen him for a while, but he came in and looked absolutely awesome when when Martinez got hurt. But then Will Will Howard got knocked out of the game as well. So then Kansas State was down to their third quarterback. Deuce Vaughn gets injured in that game for Kansas State. They had they had I think three other starters that ended up uh, Daniel Green, uh Kansas State's top linebacker, got hurt in that game. Um, other uh, Julius Brents, Josh Hayes, Ben Sinat, all Kansas State contributors, they all get knocked out of the game as well. So so Kansas State by the end of that game were was the walking wounded, and that's why they blew this. 28 to 10 lead, and then ended up losing that game. What are the statuses of these guys? Are we going to get Martinez? If not, is is Howard going to be available? What's Deuce Vaughn's status? He's the most important player on that team. And then the, the linebacker Brent's what, what's, what's his, you know, the, what's his status, right? Like, are, are they going to be getting, or, I'm sorry, Daniel green. And then, and then the guys like Brent's Hayes, Sanat, what are their statuses? If, if you're going to invest on the Kansas state side, you need to know the health status of all these different guys because of how many injuries they
0: suffered in the last game friends have you been having fun listening to getting your you know your, your side picks here not quite the full takes you're getting a few little player props well you can have twice maybe three maybe four times more if you want those free picks player props and breakdowns on almost every game the college football has to offer you can join thor mike for game day live presented by DraftKings, each and every saturday at 10 30 a.m eastern you have questions you need answered our team of experts will be live for 90 minutes of nonstop action leading up to kickoff. So join the live stream and toss your questions into the chat. And I can tell you personally, watch it every single week. It is fun. It is informative. And it gets me going because I need that extra push when I'm making my bets because I am a degenerate. I'm a degenerate. <laughs> if Thor gets hyped up about something, I'm already ready to go and bet TCU. I'm already ready to bet Ole Miss. I'm, already, I'm getting hyped up. I'm a total degen and Thor helps me with that. So go check out Thor and Mike uh, every uh, Saturday. Today. thor this is where i'm going to just give you an opportunity for your standout lines um obviously this is early you're not making any picks but a couple games we haven't talked about that stand out to you as far as what your projections have spit out versus what is coming out on the industry
1: i i got two that um that caught my eye one of them i i'm showing a, a decent discrepancy on the other one my line is exactly on what vegas is but they both they both caught my eye. so um one of the the first one East Carolina is catching three and a half points at BYU this week. I don't think that BYU should be favored, and I'm not really sure why they are. After they just got absolutely annihilated by Liberty's third-string quarterback, this Jonathan Benikid, who had never looked he'd never looked good his entire career. He'd also never had a successful game in his whole career. He absolutely shredded this. Awful BYU defense. BYU defense been awful all season. I mean, th- 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 that was stunning. Just Bennett being good. BYU's de- defense being that bad to facilitate that. But on the other side, the BYU wasn't able to do what they wanted against Liberty's defense. You give a little, you know, you tip your hat a little bit to Liberty, but BYU is way down this year. East Carolina, you know, I was talking about how LSU was one of my favorite bets last week. The other one was East Carolina getting five points against UCF. And ECU absolutely dominated UCF. They won that game by 20-plus points. Um, I I don't know why BYU is getting this excess amount of credit while East Carolina, again, is not. But my line on this game is ECU minus 1.3. That's just my system spitting out numbers. I, I would probably favor if it was just me setting the line like in a vacuum where it, like I would have ECU minus three I probably just flip the, the line so ECU is a front runner to be one of my best bets this week especially if that line stays above uh, BYU minus3 which is where it is right now and then a line where where or uh, a game where my line uh, lined up exactly with where the Vegas one was but I still like a side my line on Syracuse hosting Notre Dame. And this, this is a shout out for, for, for Thomas, who, you know, we did, we did the show with him before Syracuse is favored in this one uh, by two points is where it came out. My line on it is Syracuse minus 2.1 against Notre Dame. I like Syracuse in that game. Um, And, and, and I would even uh, lay, you know, uh, uh, certainly three um, and and probably even a, a tick more than that. I'd probably go up to four, Syracuse is a better team than Notre Dame. I, like like at this point, it's, it, you know, it's a part of the, just the name value on Notre Dame. I haven't been impressed with Notre Dame all season long. I mean, you, you can go back and like look through. Last week against UNLV, Notre Dame finally beats a team by margin. Keep in mind that UNLV was without their starting quarterback, without their starting running back, and without their starting, or their top wide receiver. Um, just just for starters. So you you had this mountain, you know, lower tier Mountain West team that was also injury decimated. Don't buy that. You know, Notre Dame is is has gotten back on track. I certainly don't. Whereas Syracuse absolutely should have had, uh, Cle- absolutely should have beaten Clemson, and absolutely should be undefeated right now. Um, they circumstances went against them in that one. They had a late hit, uh, you know, again, again, on the quarterback, this rough in the passer where they were going to get the, the ball back. Syracuse was when they were, they were up by two possessions late in that game. Instead, Clemson gets to keep the ball. They end up scoring the touchdown. And then they, they were able then, you know, a couple drives later to to pull ahead of Syracuse. Syracuse wasn't getting the same calls on uh, the other side with Garrett Schrader was getting knocked around, but uh, far, far be it from me. Syracuse is a really, really solid team. They still are not getting the credit, I think, from the market that they probably
0: deserve. I, for, for me, I, I really like Syracuse in that game. I expect them to beat Notre Dame. The mighty. Thor has got me jacked up. I am going to literally be, I'm going to, I have three, I'm going to blind tail. I'm not going to even think twice about it. You got me jacked up about it. I hope he does for you as well. Make sure you guys are locked in over at bettingpros.com where you guys can check all of the great content, all of the great articles and make sure you're also paying attention to this YouTube channel so you can get all of the shows that are coming out this week because Thor got you set for a look ahead, but you're going to get the deep dive into this week as you're preparing and making your bets for week nine. You can find them on Twitter at ThorKU. You can find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh if you just want to follow a degenerate that's all that you would be following me for at this point. And uh, thank you guys for all uh, tolerating me. I know it's got to be a very, I was telling Thor before the show, it's going to be kind of a weird vibe when you have someone the whole season and then someone just jolts themselves in. I'm quite different uh, across the board, but hopefully as I uh, told Thor, I could be the, in the Minnesota talk, I could be like old school, like Ricky Rubio, just 11, 12, 13 assists, maybe two points here, one little point I'll throw in, but I'm just assisting Thor. That's all I'm here to be. So hopefully I'm not too much of a nuisance. So Thor, thank you for, uh, letting me get all hyped up with you this week, my friend.
1: Absolutely. And, and go back to the Minnesota thing. You did better than Minnesota's backup quarterback when he came in against Penn state.
0: <laughs> so that's a, that's a positive. First one cut. All right, friends, you know where to follow us on Twitter, go over to bettingpros.com. Make sure that you like and review and do all the stuff of the podcast. Go win uh, the autographed Jersey. We'll be back with you again next week for an early look, but tune in all week long for all your stuff coming up later this week. For Thor, I'm Welsh. It's Betting Pros, and we are out of here. Bye, friends.